Thank you all. Good job. Grace and peace to y'all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace and peace. I don't know about y'all, but I need some of that. Um, uh, and it's very comforting to know that when Christ offers grace and peace, you get it. Um, he, uh, if you were thinking about, or when uh, Pastor Derek and Pastor John were talking about uh, the Lord, and they were talking about when Jesus and the disciples and how they would scatter, it brought me uh, uh, to remembrance that after Jesus resurrected and he went and he just showed up in the room where the disciples were, the same disciples who abandoned him, who left him, who ran away, who scattered, and he said, peace be to you. One of the most given command, or I believe I'm saying this correctly, the most given command in scripture is to fear not. Now, when we say command, or when I say command, you know, it's not fear not, you shouldn't be afraid. It's not like that. No, no, no. It's a loving, caring, Heavenly Father says, don't be afraid. Do not fear. It's like that. It's a different tone. And to kind of give you a, a window into how I uh, or I have been following or what passages to preach on or what sermons to preach on, I, I've been going on a, a, a series that gives you four different readings to pick from. And I've been usually following a particular one. And this time around, I thought, well, I'll go and I'll do something different because I've already speaked on the one that it's suggesting. And the other one that it suggested was Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 39. And I remember reading it and thinking, this has got to be one of the most encouraging passages in all of Scripture. And I thought, nah, well, I could use some encouragement right now. And I, I can imagine there's a lot of folks in church that could use some encouragement right now with all that's going on in this world. So I thought I'd pick it. So it was kind of funny uh, when Pastor D had his Bible open this morning. I went to go print my notes, and he told me what he was being. I was like, well, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll run with that. All right. So let's kick right into it. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 39. And we know that for those who love God... All things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no. 
In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Like I said, this is arguably one of the most encouraging passages in all of Scripture. Think about Paul and who he is and who he's and, and his experiences in this world. When he became a, a Christian, when he started following Jesus and he went and became the one that would take the message of the gospel to the ends of the earth, he didn't have a quote unquote good life. And what we would if by physical or, or observable means. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was stranded. He was shipwrecked. He was all of these things. He was in chains. And yet Paul can write something like this. That's amazing. Let's look at this passage more deeper to mine for gospel gold. In verse 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. If you misunderstand what is being said here, this can potentially be discouraging, especially when your life is not going all that great. If you misread this passage wrong, you can think that, well, I mean, I love God, and why is all this stuff happening to me? Why am I going through all these trials? Well, Jesus said trials would come. Jesus experienced trials. Good grief, he was on the cross. When we suffer, he knows what suffering feels like. He has the scars to prove it. This is not about everything going your way in this life. So don't let the misunderstanding of what this verse is saying and discourage you when you are not having the best moments of your life. It means in spite of suffering, in spite of hardship, in spite of trials, we can be assured that everything will ultimately work for good because God has called us according to his purpose. This is in reference for the final thing that will happen after Christ returns. The resurrection of our bodies into glorified bodies. The new heavens and the new earth. The life eternal. I'm looking forward to that. Now, when I was younger, I, you know, being honest, I kind of wanted God to kind of put that off for a while because I wanted to live my life and all that stuff. Well, I can selfishly say now that I want it to be right now. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Jesus to come back right now and make all things new. And that the, the dead in Christ will rise. And the dead in Christ will be given their glorified bodies. And then death will be an afterthought. It will be so wonderful and so glorious. What a day that will be. Every tear wiped away. Forever. No more pain, no more sickness, no more death. Done. Romans 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become formed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. This is guaranteeing how Paul can say what he did in verse 28. God knew all beforehand. Your alliance is in Christ. This is for your assurance. Romans 8.30, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. God is going to make sure that you are all these things. 
It is a sure thing. It is certain. The purpose of all of this, all of this is to show you that this is God doing the work of your salvation. If God is waiting on me to figure it out, I'm toast. I'm toast. If God is just waiting patiently for me to get all things about him right, I have no hope. God gives me everything that I need in Christ Jesus. Everything. If you're here this morning wondering if, if you've done all that you need to do to get like this to God, child of God, you are united with Christ because of what he did. He's united himself with you. By something that you did? No, no. By something that he did. His promise. Because if this whole show was riding on my promises for God, that's not good news. This whole show is riding on the promises that God has made to me. That's my hope. That's my living hope. Is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 31 through 37. This is the crescendo moment. This is where, if you notice that passage, it seemed like things kept ramping up faster and faster and got more excited and excited because that's what it was designed to do. It is exciting. It is encouraging. Four times the question is asked, and each time the implied answer is resounding. Who is against us? No one. God, after all, has given us his son and will give us all things with him. Who will bring a charge against us? No one. God himself has justified us. He has already declared us to be in the right and holy in his sight because of what Christ has done. Who will condemn us? No one. Jesus died, was raised, and exalted, and intercedes for us even now, right now. Who shall separate us from his love? No one. Many contenders might try. The unbelieving world, the accuser, and even a guilt-plagued conscience will attempt this parting. But the note of victory sounds out loud and true. Don't ask me how I feel. Ask me what I know. Because there's some days my feelings are like this. Sometimes I don't feel right. Sometimes my sin has been so overwhelming. How could God love someone like me? How? Look at the cross. That's how much God loves a sinner like me. That's how much God loves a sinner like you. He was willing to give up his own son to handle the situation of death, death, hell, and the grave for you. Not because you asked for it, because he gave it before you even asked for it. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. Don't ask me how I feel. Ask me what I know. I know that Christ died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And when the devil comes to me and says and accuses me of all the things that I've done, which he's right, I have sinned. And you know what, devil? You're right. I have sinned. I do deserve death, hell, and the grave. But you see, there's someone who's made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God, and where he is, I will be also. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God and Jesus. For God spared not his own son, 
but gave him up for us. More than conquerors. How are we more than conquerors? Death does not have the final word. That's how. That's how. Death looks final, but it does not have the final word. So when you die, death is revealed to be a defeated foe in your death. Because death does not get the final word for the one who has been buried with Christ. We have been released from the grips of sin and death. Some may politely nod at this, yawn, and check their watch. We have all heard it before. Yes, we've heard this is old hat. But I must bring this news for what it truly is. God's declaration to the world and for the world of an irreversible, unalterable victory, the benefits of which are bestowed upon those who have been buried with Christ. There is no condemnation for those who have been tucked into the saving life of Christ, those united to his death and resurrection. Make no mistake, death is not our release. It steals from us. It dehumanizes by tearing the soul apart and rendering the spirit from the body. Death is not a blessed release. It is not a passing away. Rather, it tears away the inner self from the physical self. No, death is not a release, but a permanent form of bondage. It is humanity, not as human, disembodied spirits torn from the world on which we were created to rule and reign. But praise be to God. Christ has the last word on death, and the word is resurrection. Death is not a permanent form of bondage. There is release, resurrection release from death. Not even death can separate us from the eternal love of God in Christ Jesus. By the time the dust settles, at the end of this section in Romans, look around to see who has condemned us because of our sin and selfishness and discover that they have all gone. Just like the woman caught in adultery, all the stones have dropped from hands. And the only one who is in the right and has the authority to condemn and accuse. Ask the question, where are your condemners? I have none, Lord. And neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And that grace, that release, that freedom in Christ is so powerful that no matter what goes on out here, I'm not belittling it, I'm not making light of it. It's real and it, I don't like it. But it does not have the final word. That's why Paul can say, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ. There is now no condemnation for those to be found in him. God has triumphed in his reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, who got inspired to write the book of Romans, is convinced. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in King Jesus our Lord. Simply because God is for us in Christ Jesus. You may be here this morning and you may be thinking that you could be thinking this all sounds new or this, I've heard this before and this is good news. And I'm here to tell you this morning that when the world crumbles and falls all around us, there's one who stands and remains. And that's Christ. And in Christ, we are found in him as well. 
It is such a blessed assurance to know that Christ has promised to do all these things for us so that when the trials come, we are reminded of that passage in the Old Testament that says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. God will never leave, or leave you or forsake you because he forsook his son on the cross for you. That's a promise you can take to the bank. I pray that it encourages you this week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. I found a new way of living. I found a joy that's divine. I found the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Abiding. Abiding in the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus Christ. And as we find ourselves in difficult times, difficult situations, we all find ourselves there. We all find them. But there's a wonderful comfort that we have as we turn our eyes back onto the Lord and we never lose sight of him. Wonderful word, Pastor Zach. All things, even this pandemic, you can't see it, but can't believe it. And there's been so many people affected by it. But the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God and who are the called according to his purposes. I would like just if anyone needs prayer this morning, at the final moments that we would ask you to go out through the back uh, door there, put your envelope in the, in the tray there and go down the back. But I would really like if anyone needs prayer this morning, hallelujah, just stand where you are. Just stand up where you are. And we'll see you, the Lord sees you, amen. Amen, Start. if you need prayer today, you need prayer. Just stand where you are. The Lord sees you. He knows your heart. I know most of you. I know some of your needs. I don't know them all, but God knows. But I, as your pastor, would like to take a moment and ask for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to shine his light upon you this morning. So, Father, as we've heard your word and we've sung songs of worship, and praise unto your wonderful name. Lord, we put you as priority in this place. We know that without you, we have nothing. And Father, you see these needs that the people have stood before you this morning with the different needs. Father, I ask for you to undertake for them and to give them exactly what they need right now. Lord, you see their hearts cry. They've cried unto you in the, in the night watches at the different times. Father, I pray right now that your healing will be upon the different ones that need healing this morning. And you know, touching their, their mind, their body, and their spirit. Lord, that your love will be upon each and every one. That you'll see the desires of their heart that they've prayed for. And Lord, they, they seem to think that nothing's happening. But I know, Lord, that you're in control. And I ask, Lord, for a divine intervention this morning. 
that it's not of me, Lord, but it's of you. I'm just asking you to intervene and undertake for all these folks. For little Uzziah, it needs that miracle in his heart and his life as his parents are reaching out for, for healing to him. For Danielle, it needs a healing and a touch in her body. Father, I ask for you just to undertake for her right now. Whatever she's got need of, for Gail, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, a wonderful servant of yours. I pray that your touch will be upon our life. Lord, as she looks to you and she needs you, Lord Jesus, and she's crying unto you, and you're the only one that can help her. Lord, for Eugene and his family, that you will bless them, Lord. Hallelujah, see their needs. See the heart and the heaviness that he has. But Lord, give him strength to keep going on for you. Let them realize, Lord Jesus, that it's all in you, that you're going to meet their need for, for Michael and Gloria, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Whatever their need is, Lord, I ask for you just to be with them, Lord, and undertake. Jennifer Lee, Father, as she reaches out to you this morning, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will meet her need. Thank you, Father. I'm so grateful for you today, for Favorite this morning, as she's come before and into your presence. Lord, be with her. Let her hear your voice. Hallelujah. Christy, hallelujah. I'm praying alongside you, Christy, for that unspoken request that the Lord will undertake for you. Pray for you every day. And I'm standing with you this morning. Hallelujah. 